It's the final countdown. It's the final trade video. Ooh, welcome, Mike. Talking trades for one last, final last time in the 2023 season. One more time. <laughs> Some y'all's good. You like that? Holy shit, that was good. <laughs> Some of y'all's trade deadlines <laughs> already hit, but for those y'all that haven't, we're gonna give you some gas today. We are we're gonna just go through fantasy playoff schedules in particular. Okay. We're gonna look at the easiest and the hardest fantasy schedules for running backs, for wide receivers. I threw some tight ends in here. Like I really got in the for grid. Real? I got some QBs. Okay, perfect. That compliments me because I went I went a little bit deep on the tight ends. I didn't really get into the QB action, but we got running backs, we got receivers, we got fucking everybody galore. So maybe, maybe. Your scumbag cousin's going to be at Thanksgiving with you. And if your trade deadline is Thursday, you could talk him into some some bullshit. I know you you know you walk around the neighborhood, little puff puff, little trade trade. After that, you get him in the right state of mind and you, you could start. so hard. <coughs> <coughs> a lot of yapping. I'm, I'm just setting up context for how you pull okay. off a Thanksgiving Day family trade. Given the whole layout. A lot of people. Happen. Yeah, I don't I don't just want to give a man a fish. I want to teach them how to fish so they can stay fed, you know? Whatever. So philosophical. I mean, who else is gonna do it? Who else is out here spitting? I'm gonna start with Austin Eckler. And I'm gonna start with the Chargers running back room. He's got a great schedule down the stretch. That's the good news. Week 14, 15, 16, and 17. Denver, Vegas, Buffalo, Denver. Denver currently allowing the single most fantasy points per game. To the running back position. They just gave up like 70 yards to both Chandler Madison and Madison. and Chandler. When but. those when those two dice you up. Yeah, but Eckler's slow. Eckler's slow as hell. But Eckler's He's fat. so bad. He might be just cooked. Yeah, there's a reason they didn't give him money. This is crazy. <laughs> I think bad. it's a high ankle sprain. But 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 by this time, better be healthy. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is he gets to play. You think it's the same ankle sprain? He gets to play Denver twice. Most points allowed. Las Vegas, top five. Buffalo's run defense has been atrocious for the most part. And all three of those teams, you know, you want to talk about Eckler, how he normally eats in fantasy. It is via the the air, right? So we're not necessarily banking on him breaking away. They all allow a ton of receptions to the running back position. So I think they fit the narrative of how Eckler can get it done over the last four weeks of the season. And I'll just kind of parlay that into another running back who I think this could be a conversation of flipping players for. Because so I'm looking at Saquon Barkley yes. and the New York Giants' schedule. And not only do they still have to deal with their bye, which comes in week 13, they play one easy matchup over the last four weeks of the season. It is Green Bay. They're top 12 in terms of fantasy points allowed to the running back position. But after that, week 15, they get the Saints, who are bottom three. They get Philly, who was dead last, the toughest matchup for fantasy running backs. And then they get the Rams, who are 25th. So the seventh fewest fantasy points allowed to the running backs. So those last three matchups are... Really, 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 really tough. So I look at these two players, and you're talking about Barkley coming off a massive game, talking about Eckler coming off a shitty game. Mm-hmm. Only one of them still is their The only thing is, like, Eckler, we see the speed's gone, the receptions are possibly there. We need him to score again. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And he, you saw it last week. He got a goal line carry, and then he fumbled it. Not great. And you think you, They're not going to go away from him, though, no, just because of that. But it's still, like, it's not what it was. Like, Well, the, the, here's the thing. Like, it's risky for sure, mm-hmm. right? Like, Saquon looks good right now. But how quickly can the narrative change if Tommy DeVito goes to shit? I agree I would make this move. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be the home run hit. It's a positive value. It's a move I would make, and I'm accepting. But this is not going to be league winner, in my opinion. Okay. I, I think it's risky for sure. But I think 
if it goes like it looks like it's going to go on paper, where it's like you flip it, you have tough mm-hmm. matchups versus great matchups. Eckler maybe get healthier as the year goes on or just looks better. I, I don't have a, a reason for what he looked like on Do film. you think, though, if the chart, like... Eckler's the kind of dude that could put up 30 points in your last two, three weeks and, like, actually be the difference maker. I, I might be reading a little too much in the theoretical. I feel like I say this every video. No, talk, talk theory to me right now. I feel like Eckler, knowing he this is his contract year, if they lose one more game or something, they drop four and seven... Do you think he's just going to be like... Fakes an injury? Not fake it, but if he's not 100%, so milks an injury. Let's say that. Well, I don't... Uh, you get mythological on Yeah, me. but they're four and six. They play the Ravens this week. I, th- I think it's a good conversation point. I, um, I'd i like to think Eckler's... Like, he hasn't been on the injury report at all. Fair. But but I can't... Like, what... He, he didn't just get super slow. He didn't just get unathletic <laughs> overnight, you know? And the only evidence that we have is that he dealt with a high ankle sprain for a large portion of the year. He's not. He might have gotten slow this season. We just weren't able to notice because he hasn't been around that that much. I don't know, dude. That feels like too drastic. I I, I feel like the narrative might have gotten maybe maybe that video is playing too much. He's been dropping it too a little bit. Yeah, the whole Chargers are. I don't know. Maybe I'm just salty. Like for those of you who are watching and don't know, I'm kind of a salty Chargers kind of fan. So maybe that's playing into it a little bit, but. It, it's both of these guys I'm not in love with. It's fair. I just, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to present the facts to you. You guys do with it whatever you want. Don't be coming to me and tell them, telling me you made the trade because I said to, but fucking make the trade. JMO. So one running back, I made this on my own TikTok, but I think the highest guy that's a value right now is Brian Robinson. Okay. Being talk, the RB4, might want to sell him. He leads the running, he's like leads the league in yards per reception. He's RB4 in the season, but... In the fantasy playoffs in week 16 and 17, I got to find 15, sorry. 16, he plays the Jets. 17, he plays the Niners. Very good defenses. And I, I think we're benefiting a little bit from Antonio Gibson being out. He will be back. The receiving upside is not going to be there, what it was. I love Brian Robinson. I love him. And he, you could argue, is one of the best value backs. But you squeeze that lemon, get rid of him at the perfect time. This is the perfect transition to move off him. I have both him and Saquon Barkley in my favorite league. I'm trying to get rid of both of them. Even though they put me in a position to make the playoffs, both of those guys, based off their schedules and their just how good the team is, I'm moving off of them. Okay. I like that call. Gibson being out, you know, gives him a whole nother like unlock to his game. Let me hit you with a uh, a possible counter or a player in that same tier, Rams. same build. Week 15. Sorry. Hear me out. What is the difference between actually this is terrible because I was looking at someone else's schedule when I was I was going to bring up James Conner. Ryan Robinson is not too dissimilar from James Conner when Antonio Gibson is playing, right? Like they'll both get 16 carries mm-hmm. for 75 yards. Maybe they get a goal line score, maybe they don't. Maybe they're involved in the passing game, maybe they're not. Unfortunately, Arizona does play San Francisco, Chicago has been much better on the ground, and then Philly in Week 17 with the bye in Week 14. So just wipe that out. I was looking at Atlanta's schedule. I thought it was much better. Turns out it's not. Trade James Conner, too, if you can. But while we're talking about running backs, a bye, you're not going to be able to flip Brian Robinson for Bijan Robinson, but Bijan's got the right schedule. He does. He has it. Got in week 15, the Panthers who give up the second most points. In week 16, the Colts who give up the fourth most points. And in week 17, the Bears who give up the eighth most points. You did say they are improving. They're not. But they're they're going to get to average. They're still not going to be a threat. The biggest concern is Arthur Smith. If it weren't for Arthur Smith, this would be go all in. 
we got to see how they play against the Saints. But in Week 10, he did have a season high in carries. Something to note. Yeah, I, I think it's possible coming off of the bye, we just see a new offense or a reinvigorated mm-hmm. offense that does run through Bijan Robinson. My, my concern with even looking at him through the schedule is like, I haven't actually looked back at when his big games were, but I kind of feel like there's probably no rhyme or reason to them. You know what I mean? Like he's a There's big probably play not a pattern. No, it's more so like did he catch a, a pass within the ten yard line? And if he did, it didn't have to be against a good team. Um, week one was a good game, actually. You know what? Now that I'm looking at it, the games that were good games: Carolina, Green Bay, uh, Arizona last week, Jacksonville. He does perform a lot better against the shitty defenses, as you know that would make a lot of sense so maybe maybe we should read into this a little bit I do think if there's going to be a really good stretch for Bijan it will be over the last five weeks you have coming off the bye you have just down the stretch rookies maybe get a little more tired than they did in college so you have some rest here along with a really good schedule so maybe now is the time to try to go get Bijan maybe you maybe you flip Saquon for Bijan that and just the status of the team being so borderline playoffs it's like Arthur you gotta you gotta gotta ride into them please I feel you this is more of a want but I want Bijan yeah, and I mean, it's not like this is probably something that's even fucking doable at this point because no one actually wants him. But coming off his first good game in 82 years, See, you have go ahead the Dallas running back schedule, Tony Pollard, week 14, 15, 16, and 17. They play Philly, dead last in terms of fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Good matchup against Buffalo. Miami is actually 26th in terms of fantasy points allowed to the running back position. And then Detroit in week 17, who are great against opposing running backs. You have three really strong matchups over the last four weeks, plus Tony Pollard just stinks right now. This last game did not make me any more excited. Like, I watched him. He didn't look good at all. Shout out to Miami. Their defense is kind of underrated. Facts. But um, 16 points and half PPR, second highest of the year. Yeah. Like, that's if that's your ceiling, dude. But the thing is, like, you didn't didn't need me to tell you his fantasy playoff schedule for me to tell you to trade. Exactly. This is just, like... It's a moot point. And being it's his second highest game... The ceiling's not there, but this is the highest he's going to be, which you could sell him. Yeah, this, I mean, this is the most juice he's going to have behind his name. Just, just fucking tell somebody that again he gets he gets Washington this upcoming week. Just, just try to get him. Yeah, off. on Thanksgiving, hopefully he puts on a show. One more run, one yeah. more run. Tell this is what I'm saying at the beginning of the video. Your fucking cousin, you guys walking around <laughs> the house. Tony Pollard is that guy that you get off your team because you're all high. All right, more running backs. I got some more. Yeah, hey, DeAndre Swift. He's my boy. Okay. Did look looking pretty crisp against the Chiefs. I was getting concerned. Not concerned, but he's been a little quiet lately, and the tush push is always a factor. But the playoff schedule, it's tasty. I'm looking at it. Week 15, he gets the Seahawks. They give it the six most points. Cardinals, third most points in week 16. And then the championship, the Giants, the 11th most points. Flip that. Giants 16, Arizona 17. Giants in week Don't 16. Don't matter, though. He gets both of them. He's the RB6 on the year. He's third in rushing yards. He's top 10 in yards per attempt. He's efficient. He's the RB1. Is a tush push going to be annoying? Yes, but this is an offense that I'm very excited to see play the Giants and see if it could be like the Cowboys where they drop 45 on the Giants and the Eagles allow Swift to get two touchdowns. Tony P for DeAndre Swift. That's I mean, what, that's what we're talking about right there. If that's possible, Tony one million percent but i i that's gonna be tough well tony p plus tony p plus odell beckham True. tony p plus any of these schmucks out here i think you can make the flip you know who i'm looking at that i'm a little bit nervous as it pertains to the fantasy playoffs he's been awesome all year his usage is starting to creep a little bit downward and that's travis Etienne. they're they've been saying that they're trying to lighten his usage a bit. And we've seen it over the last few games where T-Law is kind of taking off. It's been bugging Doug how much work he's been getting. 
It's been Peterson's mad. Yeah, he's he's like, this is not a committee. Yeah. I need to fuck <laughs> this up real quick. Let me give you half the work. But in week fourteen, they play Cleveland, twenty fourth in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Week fifteen, they play Baltimore, twentieth. Week sixteen, they play Tampa Bay, twenty eighth. They do have a great matchup against Houston in week seventeen, which I don't even actually think that's a great matchup, but it's better than the other three. These are just not. It's, I'm looking I, at this. Hold on. I want to correct. I don't think it's Houston. They played Houston once this year, and they play Houston this week. You're right. I looked at Tennessee. I want to say it's Carolina. It's though. Carolina. That's yeah. why. Carolina's a great matchup for them. Cleveland on the road, Tampa Bay on the road, just Baltimore in general. It's a it's a tough slate. These are a tough slate of games where I'm afraid that in like two out of three games, he's going to give you single-digit half PPR fantasy points. Some good news. It's I feel like they might have just cut the usage back week because of the blowout. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Etienne's not a yeah. I, I don't actually like believe that. I I just don't think they have another running back to really, regardless of what they want. I don't think they have an option. Tank Bigsby's dog water, and then who is it? Michael Hasty, Dearness Johnstein, Dearness Johnson. Okay, yeah. So unless Dearness Johnstein or Tank Bigsby change, no matter what they want, I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, it, it's just more so. I think, he, in my opinion, he's a hold. Like I, I just don't think I'm selling him. Sure. I mean, he's in your lineup regardless. Um. I just, you know, be weary of the playoff schedule yeah. going forward. Just know it, it might not be pretty. Should we talk about my GOAT where the playoff schedule is pretty? And that's Cortland Sutton, the Denver Broncos. This, this was the opener that we were talking about earlier. Week 14 and week 17, they play the Chargers. That is the second best matchup for fantasy wide receiver. In week 15, they play Detroit. Detroit's a great run defense. They're not a great pass defense, and they score a shitload of points on offense, which equals fantasy points, which is why they're top 12 allowed. The fantasy wide receivers, New England in week 16. You know, you think about New England, and, and you kind of over the years, you've gotten this idea that they're an elite pass defense, but they've let a lot of their guys go. Mm-hmm. They're without their first-round pick, uh, Christian Gonzalez. Like, they're not the same pass defense that Judon's they— Judon's been hurt. Yeah, that, that they have been in recent years. They are bottom 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position as well. So they've got all green across the board. Over the last four weeks, Cortland Sutton's been Russell Wilson's best playmaker. He is second in the NFL right now in receiving touchdowns, Dude, which is kind of wild. Eight out of ten games, I want to say. Yeah. 80% of like that's – he's he going to be a guy we say in trivia one year or in a couple years. He's like Marvin, He's like the Marvin Jones, yeah. I feel like. He's randomly just going to have an 11 touchdown year for no reason. He's not, he's not been great. Like, he's not putting up big yardage numbers. No. He'll he's finish, Chris Godwin plus a touchdown every game. Facts. He'll, he'll finish with probably less than 1,000 yards this year, but he'll score double-digit touchdowns. And these are the games, like, New England, it's a good matchup, but it's not going to be high scoring, so I don't love it. But, like, the Chargers and Detroit, three out of your last four, where the other team is probably going to be in shootout mode, those are the games where you're looking to throw a guy like Sutton into your lineup and hope for, you know, a, a five for 72 touchdown game or even even like a four for 60 and a touchdown also, game is nice. I think the Broncos, it just feels like they always get one on the Chargers. And yeah. it's, I 100% agree, getting them twice is just ridiculous. Yes, sir. So one group of wide receivers has this scheduled down the stretch over the last six weeks of the season. San Francisco, Philly, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. And it's the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers. And we're going to tell you why that's actually a beautiful thing. It's crazy. Getting to play the Niners twice might be a good thing. They give it the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. Philly gives up the most. And I'm not going to just skip it. Dallas is a tough matchup. Yeah. Seahawks, they are also, you could argue, struggling on offense. But I think as the end of the season comes around, they're only going to get stronger. And in the fantasy football playoffs, you get to the playoffs, that's all that matters. And that's when the schedule gets the best it possibly can. 
Eagles, I said earlier, give up the most points. Titans give up the six most points. Steelers give up the eighth most points. This is delicious. I'm favoring DK because he's the alpha. He's got 39 targets in the past four games. JSN's kind of could, I, I could see be annoying if you're like a Tyler Lockett or DK owner. I think you could make the case for any three of them. That's the thing. He's also fun if you have him because he'll be annoying to the others, but he is getting his, he's starting to eat and he's now getting the matchups to eat even more. Yeah, it's like DK's the highest ceiling guy. He's probably the one on the team. Lockett's and been low key consistent. Getting, getting into hypotheticals here, but if K9 misses some decent time, do they now to lean on the passing game a little bit more? Yeah. Could have, should have, would have, if and but. I don't know. On that point, though, maybe Zach Charbonnet starts it because Zach Charbonnet is probably a better pass catcher. For than sure. I think Kenneth that's Walker. why they drafted him almost. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's like on, on paper, it seems like it's a little scary, but when you go against teams like San Fran and Philly, it's like their offenses are so good and their secondaries are probably a bit overrated. And San Fran's actually just lost one of their like stud safeties uh, to Funga, who is... Yeah, you, you see that play? I didn't see the play. I huh? think he like tore his ACL while getting his ankles broken. Oh, like really? Like the juke was so bad, he tore his shit. Damn. Now he's been like a really, really good up and coming young player for them. So their secondary hurts. Philly's secondary isn't anywhere near where it has been from last year. Tennessee's awful pass defense. Pittsburgh is, like, getting better. Good pass rush. Joey Port Jr. is hitting, but, like... Almost back also to the running part. Even if Walker's back, off the top of my head, I want to say all these guys have good run defenses yeah. to where that's not going to be able to be the move, even if they want it to be. The pass funnel. They're going to have to throw yeah. the ball a ton, which is why it's like, JSN seems interesting. He's easily the lowest value, and he's the highest likelihood of giving you, like, just four for 40 games, and you're kind of sitting there like, fuck. But we do always see rookie wide receivers kind of break out over the last, you know, eight, six weeks of the season. And that could be something that you're shooting for where you're not really having to give up too much in order to get a JSN. But maybe going back to like Tony Pollard, right? Maybe you want to ship Tony Pollard for Lockett or Tony Pollard plus for like a DK Metcalf and see if you could pull something out like that because the matchups are actually really good. I actually think Pollard would be the perfect name to throw in for one of these yeah. guys because different position, just a different perspective all around that someone might bite off on, mm -hmm. especially on Thanksgiving. They both play on Thanksgiving, too. Ooh, JMO with the puns. I want to talk about a team. We've talked about it last video. Just every position could be in question based off their schedule. Week 15, they face the Jets. Week 16, they face the Cowboys. Week 17, they face the Ravens. What am I talking about? Can you repeat that? Week 15, the Jets. Week 16, the Cowboys. Week 17, Baltimore. I'm going to say Miami. Yes. Okay. I only knew that because you've been talking about how you couldn't wait to talk about Miami. <laughs> Fair. Outside of Tyreek, I feel like anyone might be for sale. Oh, yeah. Anyone. Even Waddle. I I, even I, Waddle. I don't even know if that's crazy. But Tua, I think. Even wide a, receiver 37 <laughs> yeah. Waddle is for sale. <laughs> even overrated ass Waddle. A-Chain, it's just kind of, I don't know if I want to. Like, I love the dude. I'm rooting for him. But I feel like he's still got a lot of name value you might be able to get rid of him for. It's crazy how one week fucked him up. I do mm. think the injury's not serious, though. He wanted to play through it. Yeah. And you could say, well, all players do. Even if it's a torn ACL, they might not feel it. They think they want to play through it. But it's something's better than nothing in that situation. Yeah. I, I, I do think that the injury might be a little bit overblown. If we see one good week out of him, then he's, like, shot back up. Mm -hmm. So, HN might be a guy I hold on to. But on the flip side, with people, like, worried about HN, I kind of think this is a time that maybe I want to sell Moser because the schedule yes. is tough and people are buying into the fact that like he's so due. Moser might be the, oh he's fucking so due <laughs> to be the RB one. He's not playing next year based off how good he's doing this year. Facts. Uh, <laughs> Waddle's definitely up for sale. Raheem Moser up for sale. I don't know who else you could actually fucking sell in that offense. But would you sell Tua? Sure. I have deal. no real attachment. Let's do it. Deal. <laughs> I want to shake your hand. 
Um, I got, I have no real attachment to Tua. I don't think anymore at, at this point. I mean, they're not putting up like fifty point games anymore. You know, and are are we chasing? Like, are we, is that going to come back? The what do you mean? like, are we going to see a forty five point game from Miami again? Very, very well could be. What's it? What's the the rest of the season schedule? Sorry, let me pull. Uh, this week they got the Jets. They'll have to play the Jets. They'll have to play the Bills again. That's probably in the next five games. They do get Washington though. Washington and Tennessee could be Yahtzee. I don't. It's just that playoff schedule is Jets, Dallas, Baltimore. Yeah, they could struggle big time in the passing game. I was looking at Tua, and he's still a QB1 for me. But I was talking about earlier, I really like a guy like Josh Dobbs. And I would argue it's a very lateral move, but I think you could get a kick in there with Dobbs because of Tua's name. Uh, I like that because his schedule, I mean, he does have a bye in week 13, but Chicago, Raiders, Bengals, Lions, Packers, that's a fucking... Yes, week, the playoff schedule is very nice. That's a juicy schedule. I seriously think you could get a kick in with him selling off Tua. That'd be interesting. What will that kick in be? I don't, could you get a maybe a Hollywood Brown now, super low? I might be that. That's probably the max you're gonna get. I don't hate that because you look at Hollywood Brown's schedule again. Arizona, tough Rundy, but San Fran, Chicago, and Philly sneaky bad pass defenses. Yeah, Philly's. It's I still can't get over, it, especially after making the move for Kevin Byard, and, you, and they gave Mahomes a struggle to an extent. Yeah, but it's it's just crazy. What do you think about Hollywood Brown this week? I wouldn't want him top three fantasy receiver or no. no. Rams defense. I mean, Good. without Puka Nakua on the field on the opposite <laughs> side, their defense is going to have no morale. <laughs> Enough. This is a big James Conner day. Oh my God! All right. Um, I'm going to rip through some tight ends right quick. If you have Chicago, if you have Cole Komet, or if you have Dalton Schultz, which I think is a sneaky name, I you know I hesitate to like talk about the tight ends because I don't know. I, I think when you look at like fantasy running back points allowed, you're like this defense is really tough to run against. I don't know how real or like predictive. <laughs> tight end defenses, right? Yeah, like sometimes you have uh, the Fred Warners or the linebackers who are like really good in coverage mm-hmm. or safeties that are really good at covering tight ends. But when I see fantasy points allowed, the problem with this is if a tight end scores a touchdown, like they just score a lucky touchdown, mm-hmm. your defense is now like bottom four against it's, fucking It's always a nice end. supporting stat, but it's like filler. I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm lying, but I'm just, I'm, I'm prefacing it's to stuffing. you. I'd be lying. It was, <laughs> I mean, stuffing is the best fucking, exactly. uh, best side there is on Thanksgiving. I'll just say this. Dalton Schultz and Houston, Weeks 14 through 17, they play the Jets in week 14, who are mediocre against tight ends. But they literally play the bottom two matchups in Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee, who allow the second fewest, the fewest, and again, the second fewest fantasy points to the tight end position. So be weary. Uh, Cole Komet in Chicago, they have a bye still in week 13. Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona are all tough matchups. They do play Atlanta in week 17. If you get there, so Cole Komet, be weary. And then on the flip side, the one tight end I found that did have a really good schedule was... David Njoku and Cleveland. I think he stinks. I think he's a fucking cone, but (laughs) DTR threw the ball 15 times. DTR is probably the QB through the rest of the year. Chicago, Houston, and the Jets. David Njoku could be a high target guy. Could be a dude that like, maybe you're kind of deciding between all of these tight ends because they're borderline in the same tier. I think at this point, maybe Schultz has the upper hand there, but just wanted to kind of put that on your radar. Schultz has been pretty hot where could you get, like, would you... I feel like I'm just throwing out names, but like, would you move a Dalton Schultz for like Taysom Hill? Ooh, um, because he's had a quiet two games, and you know you're getting yourself into a wild card play. Dalton Schultz is one of those guys where like I I put these things on paper, and I'm like, this is why you should get off of them, yeah. and then I'm just like, but also just use common sense. He's Schultz a safety is, blanket. He's doing great for yeah. <laughs> CJ Stroud. I do wonder. I don't have the splits off the top of my head. They've had so many moving parts at receiver. I don't think we've gotten like a full game in in, Dude, in a month or two months with Nico. Noah Brown, Tank Dell, and Dalton Schultz all playing. So it's really hard to tell like who kind of pops off. I will say Schultz started slow, but he's he's been 
just rock solid. I feel like every week he's played since. I will say back to his Dallas days when they had when it was like a consistent moving offense he was in, you wouldn't really care about who he faces. You'd just be like, this is a good offense I'm going to be invested in. I'm not getting rid of him just because of the tight end stats. Mm-hmm. The Texans are getting close to that point. Yeah, they, they might be at that point where it's just keeps the electric offense, but there's some tempting names out there you might still be able to uh, convince yeah. yourself in. I mean, he scored over turkey the last... Talk. Turkey talk, anything can happen. We'll never stop turkey talk. We've He scored five touchdowns over the last seven games. He's been over 60 yards in four out of the last seven games. Like, he's been... The one thing, now that I think about it, I feel like Tennessee, or excuse me, Houston does better when they can get in that little bit of a shootout. Have they... Beat the crap out of it. They beat the crap out of Jacksonville. So my point is, they're not going to get into a shootout with any of those. Games. No, um, against Atlanta, it was twenty-one to nineteen. He had sixteen he fantasy points. Carolina, they lost fifteen to thirteen. He only had a point and a half. But every other game over the last seven games, he's been at nine half PPR fantasy points or higher. Like he's been, he's been really good. I actually want to see where he ranks. We on don't the know year. what we're, we don't know what we're saying. We just be yapping. His schedule's so hard, but keep him. He is too the. Good. He's the tight end seven right now on the year. Okay. But he's been really good. Maybe we should. He's been good. You should sell him and hold on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, don't. Hold on for dear life. Maybe just pump the brakes. Maybe just pump fake him to another team. Um, I'm going to touch on the Seattle running back group. I think there's a few different angles we could talk about it from. This is this is a very popular narrative going around right now because Zach Charbonnet is like the number one waiver wire pickup on the week. And people are like, oh, we're excited about Kenneth Walker being injured. Some people are. We're not saying you should be. I would be if I had Zach Charbonnet. Quite. With Kenneth Walker's injury, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Their schedule is, as we said before, with the wide receivers, San Fran, Dallas, San Fran, Philly, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Now, when you look at it from the running angle, way harder. Those defenses are really, really tough. I do think if Kenneth Walker's out, Charbonnet is a guy who's going to play 80% of the snaps, 90% of the snaps. I kind of comped him to like Rashad White in my video today where it's like, he might not do much against these defenses, but he's still going to touch the ball 20 times, probably get all the goal on work. all the volume. Right, four or five Joe catches. Mixon. Right, so you're, you're going to have him in your lineup regardless. I do think, though, the uncertainty of when Kenneth Walker comes back would make it tough. Like, say Kenneth Walker returns in week 14, San Fran, right? And now you're, like, looking at a split in San Fran, Philly, Tennessee. It's yeah. like, what do I do with Zach Charbonnet like, there? Can you even start him? Can you play him? I don't know, because that might also be, like, a ramp-up period. It's like... It's it's annoying situation you might want to just stay away from and get out of if you can. That's what I'm saying. Like you might be able to use Charbonnet to a high degree these next two weeks, but also like legit, I think a very realistic thing that happens would be Kenneth Walker returns in week fourteen against San Francisco. It's definitely not a season ender. He plays thirty five percent of the snaps. Then the next week they're like, Oh, we're ramping him up against Philly. With that knowledge in your mind, can you even play Zach Charbonnet? Like, probably uh, not. You probably gotta sell him on the little bit of hype there is right now. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you could flip him probably for someone right now. He's like a player that I want on my team, but I think if you're being smart and you're looking ahead, there's so much uncertainty around what's what is going to happen during the fantasy playoffs with that backfield. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I would gotta get Chicago oh, yeah. running backs. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm not really sure what fucking point I was making here with them. They have a tough schedule though. They still have their bye. <laughs> Detroit, Cleveland, and Atlanta is actually a really really good run defense. They have Arizona in between them. I don't know what's happening with the situation. Deonta Foreman got a little banged up. Khalil Herbert's now back. Roshan Johnson still stinks. That's something I just don't want a piece of. Yeah, no. I, I wasn't going to say buy him whatsoever. Yeah. I was going to say if there were reports coming out between when we filmed this on Tuesday night and like Thursday where it's like, Deonta Foreman's on the IR now. Khalil Herbert's the guy. You know? That would be huge. Yeah, like maybe you can move him or something like that. But I just thought it was something to be conscious of. Back to Seattle. This doesn't even have to do with Seattle. But speaking of injuries, is there like, should you just try and get anything you can for any of the Bengals players? Um, like I look at them like 
Higgins is scary because we got no idea what the fuck's going on with his injury. Yeah, I kind of think we look at. I I I do think Jake Bryan will be okay. I think he's like, better than Zach Wilson. Can you Wilson. convince yourself into the into the narrative like, oh, they're going to lean into Mixon more? Mixon scares me. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably talking to the wrong guy because you're going to. He's just. I, no. I'm scared. I don't think I could talk myself into that. But I, it's just I would never feels buy gross. Mixon. Like when I'm making the rankings, I'm like Jesus, RB29. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, I'm off Mixon. Yeah. I think Chase. I think the smart way to look at Chase is the same way that we looked at Garrett Wilson when Aaron Rodgers went down. And how we look at like Terry McLaurin, it's like uber talented, mm-hmm. shitty QB situation, never really know what we're going to get on a week-to-week basis. I think it's a better situation, and he's more talented than the Jets and Garrett Wilson. So like, I'd be hard-pressed to move Chase outside of my like top 12 to 15 rankings, but he'll have... Per week? He'll, yeah. Really? He'll be a top 15 guy for me, for sure. Especially with T. Higgins out. Or are you saying that's too low? No, I got him like flex play area. Okay, so if in the beginning of the year, when like Zach okay. Wilson was playing... Excuse me. How high were you ranking Garrett Wilson when Aaron Rodgers went out? Like, he was still, like, the wide receiver 15, he 16. Still, he still had him, like, a wide receiver 2. I guess maybe it's just because it's – maybe I barely know Jake Browning, Zach Wilson. I still had some glints of hope, but yeah. it's just – is it this week they play the Browns? See. I think that's why I have them so low. Could be. Um, no. they Steelers? They don't – yes. They play the okay. Steelers, Jacksonville, Indy, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. So – I wouldn't lean either way. I don't think it's a great schedule. I don't think it's a terrible schedule. I think it just kind of is what it is. Um, but again, I look at it the same way I looked at like Terry, the same way I look at Garrett Wilson, where I think Garrett Wilson's scenario was worst case, where it's like the quarterback was fucking unusable. He couldn't even throw the damn ball. Mm-hmm. Where I have a little more confidence in Jake Browning, I think. But I, I, I think the offense will run through there. Their, just, their defense is bad, too. They're going to let up a lot of points, so I think they're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. This, the Bengals? Yeah. I feel like their defense ain't too bad. No, they're, they're not good. Trust. It's great. I don't know about all that. I don't know. I also read into like the mojo of the team. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm kind of like, could be. this team ain't going to give a shit. And you're still going to, if the ball's thrown, you're still going to try and catch it. Like, I'm not saying that, but I just don't know if there's going to be a let's go and get it mentality here. And That's fair. Jamar's an emotional player. Joe Burrow's his guy. You want your guys fucking bought in yeah. in your fantasy playoffs. I get that. You're only technically a doctor. I'm only technically like a psychologist, mm-hmm. therapist, whatever you want to call me. A lot of technicalities being thrown Fortune around Fortune teller. Hang. Um, yeah, it, it, it was. It wasn't necessarily like I want to buy Jamar, but that's just that's kind of the so, that's kind of so the way. Trading for Jamar at the deadline. All right, I'll trade Dalton Schultz for Jamar Chase if you're going to force me to do it. Do it. What What about a Kincaid? Mm. Just because that's that one's hard to get a grip on because of the Knox thing. It, you could I could I could buy into either side. Like he's been doing his thing. He's going to keep it up. He's earned that role. But it's also like I'm so worried that Knox is just Knox is gonna it's going <laughs> to ruin everything. Exactly. Facts. So. Maybe it's just one you got to hold and you got to take the coin flip on. What about... Because we're just yapping if we act like we know the Knox effect. I want to know... I can't find anything on Dawson Knox. My, 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 Yeah, just my concern is like it's not... It's not that I think he's going to come back and catch a ton of balls, but it's like does he drop Kincaid's route run rate from, you know, 80% down to like 58%. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big deal, I think. So in my mind, I'm looking like do I want to flip Kincaid for Trey McBride, who I feel is going to be more consistently involved in his offense or a bigger share of his offense. Kincaid's been really, really good. That that worry. Even if he goes from, like, 11 points a game to 7, that is, huge. like, takes you from tight end 8 to, like, 22. Like, that is a huge drop in tight ends. Yeah. And I'm a huge believer. I, I like both those guys a ton. Uh, but there's part of me that feels like McBride might be the right guy going forward over him. Yes, I am curious. Back into reading into it. Does Joe Brady not give a shit? The new OC? Like, I don't care who comes back. Maybe he's been watching. Like, Kincaid's our guy. I'm sticking with him. I also am not exactly sure. 
how personnel is like split up when teams call plays. Like the OC sits in the box. Mm -hmm. Is he calling down in between the play, which is like 35 seconds in between each play to be like, get him off the field, get him on the field. Is he just calling the plays and someone else dictates personnel? Like, I'm not exactly sure how that works. Or is person, or does he call the play based on what personnel is thrown out? Yeah. Like it's, it feels like you'd want the same guy making the call, but I agree. I don't know if the timing allows it. Whoever like knows real ball, we're just going to sound so bad. Well, yeah, right. But (laughs) what, that, that's the confusing part when they're like, he's in the box. It's like, wouldn't you want to be on the, like, you'd imagine that the OC would like yeah. grab the guy and be like, you're in, you're get in your or whatever. Knox, get your ass off. It's like, who dictates, who dictates that? Whoever dictates Does it is the one. He only has certain communication at Allen. Where's Gut? I this? probably want to go get food. Motherfucker, the one time we need him. Does he have constant communication with the coach, the OC? Dude, I don't, this one. Cause that, that would, that would probably make it fine. I think the coach has communication <laughs> We're with, sound so bad. I don't know. So I actually saw this on sports center. like yesterday. The coach has communication with the QB until there's 15 seconds left. The, on the Kevin O'Connell? Yes. Yeah. So, like, he has communication if he holds down a button, although I'm sure there's different buttons to talk to different mm-hmm. people. He'd just be yapping to fucking everybody <laughs> on the sideline. Uh, I don't know how that works. I don't think the coach wants needs to hear the play call all the time, so I don't think them two are talking that often. No, but do they have the ability to whenever? Maybe. Probably. So that I might be able to... I feel like the coach just sits there and fucking yells at the ref. I don't think I the don't coach know. does anything during the game. <laughs> I mean, some coaches are the play callers. Besides rally the troops. Unless you're the GOAT, Frank Wright. You do it all. Unless you're Arthur Smith. You don't do anything. <laughs> you don't even yell at the fucking refs. All right, that's our trade target. Is this our last one ever? Ever. Let us know what you guys want next instead. Good luck winning your leagues. Good luck with them turkey talks and smoking dots darts i try to rhyme with the talks um yeah let us know what you want next week we might do some underdog shit we might do some previews we might do nothing if y'all don't give us a comment give us some love give us some peace give us a sub happy thanksgiving oh, this is out on friday happy late thanksgiving this is out on thursday thank- happy thanksgiving thankful for you this is out on thursday this is out on thanksgiving day damn you're hang